We don't have any champagne, unfortunately, but we are popping the bottle, baby, on this conversation right here on a Friday on the hottest show on the streets, the best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information you are going to find anywhere else in my own words with yours truly, your man, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. What's popping, people? What's going on? Glad to have you locked on to the show with us. Coming to you from Tusk. Galusa streaming this to you via YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, smash that subscribe button. Hit that thing right now. Turn on those notifications as well so that you can have the best and alerts, news, updates, and analysis on your Crimson Tide. But I got the straw that stirs the drink, the man working with the steel, the musical steel, musical steel, that being the brother John Ivory in the building. JP, what's up? Man, what's happening, man? Hey, these topics tonight, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. This show going to be live. Man, y'all like the chat up, man. Share share the show, and let's get it popping. John, I'm ready to get it doing, to do what it do. I'm ready to get it doing as well. And we want you, the Crimson Tide fans, to be a part of the action. You do this by calling 205-448-1358. The number again, 205 205- 448-1358 and one more time 205-448-1358 to let your voice be heard here on the show as John mentioned got a lot to get to on this evening and we start things off with some updates ladies and gentlemen it is happening the SEC and Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne have come to the agreement on June 8th Alabama football players Nick Saban and the rest of the SEC will return to their respective campuses on June 8th to start in-person voluntary workouts, voluntary activities. This is big. So Coach Saban has been ready to get back to work for a minute now. He, Athletic Director Greg Byrne, and the rest of the Alabama football staff will be back to work on June 8th in-person voluntary workouts, voluntary activities. The only thing that I want to know with this endeavor is how will the university go about helping the freshman athletes? Because the upperclassmen, the older guys, they're used to the campus. They're used to Tuscaloosa. They're used to the housing administration office. They're used to the cafeteria the cafeteria and the dining halls. But the freshmen, this is their first time being exposed to these things. So will the university be able to open up some of the housing administration offices and open up some of the, uh, some of the dining halls to limited capacity so that these freshmen can be able to adjust, get around the campus, get around the dorm life, get around the dining hall. So that'll be something. Will the place be accessible to, to freshmen? But right now, big news, June 8th, Crimson Tide returns to work. Also, Alabama had a funny, interesting PSA commercial this week featuring Nick Saban, Alabama head athletic trainer Jeff Allen, and one big owl. Check out how funny this commercial was. Hey, big owl. You need to be staying six feet away from me. And haven't I told you you have to wear a mask when you're in this building? I mean, come on, Big Al. We're supposed to be practicing social distancing, which means we have to be six feet away from each other. Don't worry, Big Al. We've all been there before, buddy. Let's go get you a mask. All of us want to make sure we play football this fall. And to make that happen, we must be sure we stay at home if we have symptoms, wash your hands often, follow all social distancing guidelines, 
And please wear a mask anytime you're around other people. Well, Big Al, such a great sport. I mean, Coach Saban, no one's immune to Coach Saban's reprimandings, butt-chewings, admonishings, and uh, poor Al was in shock right there, but was able to get his mask thanks to athletic trainer Jeff Allen and Coach Saban just trying to make sure everybody's staying healthy, practicing social distancing because we all want to see football this fall. So really cool commercial there from Coach Saban, Jeff Allen, Big Al, and the University of Alabama. But we jump now into topic number one of the conversation, that being one, Charlie Strong, defensive analyst Charlie Strong for the Crimson Tide. On Wednesday's show, I brought up Coach Strong in a discussion that I had about Pete Golding. And much like Coach Golding, when he was hired, a lot of people were not all in on the move. A lot of people were not happy about the move of Golding. Not everybody was all in on Charlie Strong as well. Now, you had some Alabama fans that were fist bumping, chest bumping, excited, giddy with glee, turned up for the opportunity to have Coach Strong on campus, Coach Strong at the capstone because they know his motif in uh, strategizing, scheming, putting defenses together and making defenses feared in college football. But not everybody was behind the move of Charlie Strong. You had a lot of people going, why did Nick Saban make this hire? This was terrible. Bad move. Terrible coach. He failed at Texas. He failed at South Florida. The game has changed. The scheme has changed. He's washed up. He's past his prime. Uh, People are more focused on offense now. Not so much focus is on defense anymore. Why did Nick Saban make this move? This move is going to set the program back. This move is going to kill, damage, destroy, eradicate the program. That's what you had some folks talking. Now, to me, I'm going to say it like this. Yes, his time at Texas was not great, but let's be honest here. The Texas boosters, the powers that be at the University of Texas were never sold on Charlie Strong. They never bought all into his teachings. They never bought into his tactics. They never bought into what he was trying to do. And when you have the people within the program not bought in, it is going to be hard for you to get anything done. Imagine if Nick Saban did not have everybody bought in at Alabama to him. That would have been very hard on Nick Saban to win. Imagine if, if uh, you know, Dabo Sweeney did not have everybody bought in at Clemson. It would be hard on him. Any major college football coach in a premier headline marquee Division I program that does not have the help backing them, it would be hard on any of those guys to win and to excel and exceed at the highest level. So Texas was never all the way bought in on Charlie Strong. And then for South Florida, sometimes you just go to a place that's not the right fit. You can be the right coach. You can have the right scheme. You can have the right ideas. But the place that you go to just is not the right fit. In South Florida, unfortunately, not the right fit for Coach Strong. But, you know, Charlie Strong had an idea to where it was. I can either go to Florida and be a defensive analyst for a team that has not won a national championship since I left after the 2008 season. Or I can go to Alabama 
under Nick Saban to where this is a program that is always in the conversation for a national title. Even this past year where the tie went 10-2 and and did not get into the playoff, you had a lot of people in the college football playoff committee going, you know what? If we put a two-loss Bama in, that would really help our ratings. You know, if we put a two-loss Bama in, even though people would say we're showing partiality, we would really get the bang for our buck if we put Bama in there. Man, if, if we put Bama in this college football playoff, they would make it look like it would make us look like geniuses. I mean, Nick Saban has never failed us before when we put him in this situation, but I mean, even though it happened Alabama more times than not in the conversation for the the college football playoff. And uh, when you look at the the most interesting thing about Alabama is this right here. Alabama Alabama is the equivalent of uh, the NFL. And by the NFL, I'm referring to the Arizona Cardinals when you look at reviving the careers, reviving the... um, reviving the playing statuses of, of different athletes. For the Cardinals, just put it out there, when players get old or past their prime or in the part of their careers where people say, you're done for, retire, we're going to take you out in the pasture like old younger and just shoot you, those players go to the Arizona Cardinals. It's just something about that desert air and those cactuses that revive those players. I mean, Carson Palmer... They said Carson Palmer was done, over. He goes to Arizona and has a second life out there. People thought Kurt Warner was done, over. He goes to the Cardinals and leads that team to a Super Bowl appearance. I mean, this has happened for older defensive backs, even down to one Kenyon Drake, of whom the Miami Dolphins drafted in the third round of a 2016 venue. The Dolphins didn't know how to use him. They let him go. He goes to the Cardinals. Miami's thinking, oh, he ain't gonna do nothing. Oh, he's trash. Kenyon Drake goes to Arizona and completely turns up. And people are like, man, if Drizzy Drake would have got to zone a bit faster, how much better he really, really could have been. So, In that same light, you look at Alabama. It's the coaches that people tell Nick Saban, don't get them, don't get them, don't get them. No, 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 no. Bad, 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 Nick Saban. Don't do that. You're ruining your career. Those are the exact coaches that Nick says, bring them to me. Bring them over here. I can can change that tire. I can put that oil filter back. I can put that sleek shine back on that car. Bring them to me. And Nick Saban has done it. With the best of it, as you see the slide here, Lane Kiffin was the first one. Controversial, crazy, unorthodox. Everybody say no, 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 no. Lane Kiffin comes to Alabama. Guess what he does? Three SEC championships, a national championship, helps get a Heisman Trophy winner in Derrick Henry, helps produce two 3,000-yard passers, Blake Sims, Jacob Coker, helps out the wide receiver room of Amari Cooper and, and Calvin Ridley, did a lot of great things, Lane Kiffin did. Michael Oxley, people said no, 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 no. He's got off-field issues that happened to him at Maryland. Alabama brings him in. 2016, he was an analyst. 2017, he really helped the wide receivers, helped uh, Calvin Ridley get drafted. He put 
Robert Foster and Cam Sims on NFL rosters. He helped the freshman Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, and Devontae Smith adjust as freshmen. Oh, and let's not forget the 2018 season. I mean, Tua Tungavailoa exploded under Mike Loxley and being a 3,000-yard quarterback, 43 touchdown passes, 48 total scores, Heisman finalist, consensus All-American. You know the works. Mike Loxley put in the work. Behind him, you've had Dan Enos. That was successful. You had Butch Jones that was successful. Mike, uh, Mike Stoops who was successful. Even down to guys like uh, Mel Tucker who was successful. And even now Steve Sarkeesian who is in his second year in being the offensive coordinator. So Saban's coaching rehab has birthed some really, really dynamic guys. And Charlie Strong, the next one here in the, the cut riding here. And... Uh, I mentioned this before. Some people in life were born to be head coaches. They came out the womb with the whistle, with the coaching hat, with the clipboard, and with the ability to delegate. You have some people that were not cut out to be head coaches. They were cut out to strategize, to scheme, to put things together. Those people are known as coordinators, offensive and defensive coordinators. And then you have some people out there that were just made to be position coaches. Uh, for Charlie Strong, Coach Saban is not going to ask him to be the head man for Alabama. Saban's the head man. Charlie Strong is going to be required to get this defense back to being feared, dominant, tough, creative, flying around, knocking guys' heads off. He, he's, he's in charge of getting this Alabama defense back to where people are saying, oh, my God, here come the creatures. The creatures are back. The creatures are in college football. The creatures are scaring people. They're back at Alabama. That will be Charlie Strong's job, as well as dropping some wisdom in the mind of Pete Golding and helping him be all he could be and making that jump from the 2019 to this upcoming season and being a refined, big-time defensive coordinator. So, folks, Saban made the right move here in hiring Charlie Strong. He's about to prove, hey, I still got it. At 59 years old, I'm still a bad man. I'm still cocking a fully loaded pistol of excellence. Try me. I still got it. So, Charlie Strong, looking forward to seeing what he does here in the upcoming season. That takes us to our first break here on the show, but we're just getting the Maserati revved up and speeding it down the highway, going 100 miles an hour. Upon our return to the show, we unpack your phone calls, thoughts, tweets, twice questions, thoughts, and concerns after this. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care in support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown. Alabama.com today and roll tide. 
Baby, it's Friday. I'm going to stick to my day job, folks. It is Friday as we have returned from the break on the hottest show on the streets. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Bama Nation, this is your time, your moment. You know what to do. Pick up the phone, baby. 205-448-1358. 205-448-1358. To let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. Phone lines are open. Also, hit that subscribe button right now. Turn on those notifications so that you can have the best in analysis on your Crimson Tide. But we go to my man. We go to my brother right here. Waylon already in the queue and charged up on a Friday. Waylon, what's going on, brother? It's TDA. It's Friday going into a Memorial Day weekend. What more do I need to say? What's happening at TDA, Stephen? Doing well, man. You brought up Memorial Day, and you're absolutely right, Waylon. Paying those, paying that homage to the brave men and women that have fought for this great country, that have put down their lives to make sure our rights, our freedoms, our safety is assured. So a, a big salute to our, our brave men and women, our brave fighters. Exactly, exactly. I was rough. Looking at the question out of the uh, – the best team that should have won the uh, championship, what year should it have been? Of course, we all say 15, but you got to look back at the 2010 team when we lost three games that year, all the talent we had on that team. Mm, we lost, yes. We, we lost composure that year. We had too many, too many that wanted to shine instead of letting everybody play as one team, I think. Then we went to Florida and dismantled Michigan State. They looked like Notre Dame when we hit them. They didn't even know what happened, David. I don't think they were even on the field that day, Wayne. I don't think think Michigan State showed up. Michigan State did not show up. Alabama, when Alabama stepped on the field that day, that's when the beatdown started. I mean, Michigan State did not know what happened. They didn't know what to do, and that showed me Probably the the ten team was the most talented team. Should have been nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Should have been four championships right there. Should have been four. And and, and, I, and I'll go as far as to say this way. And if not for a kick six against Auburn in twenty thirteen. Uh, uh, a situation in 2014 where Lane Kiffin should have ran the football more with Derrick Henry against Ohio State and the 2017 title game off the 16th season against Clemson. Nick Saban should have eight rings, including a pair of three-peats in two different eras, the BCS and the CFP era. Easily. Should have had eight. Easily. easily. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. You know, uh, he should have had them, but what? You know, we got to Wednesday's show there, and that LSU caller called in, so that got under my collar a little bit. So, I mean, I, you know, uh, Wayland, I had to get him. Like, I, I was wearing on my clean church shirt, but I had to go hood one time. Had to get him. Yeah, uh, when you got to go hood, you got to go hood. May have to get Willie to come by and catch that guy and do a drive in a drive by. But uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, they. How long has it been since they have? They have beat us in Death Valley. Has it been about nine years? Am I about right, eight or nine years? It's been nine years. Oh, my goodness. That's all that needs to be said right there, nine years. Nine years have passed. So that's what we wrote our little poem about today. We're going to get out of here hoping some more people get in the queue and call. So 
We hope everybody has a good Memorial Day weekend, and we're going to do our LSU poem, and we're going to start it right now. Roses are red, violets are blues. LSU's national title shall pass, as all things do. The corn dogs are bored and restless. They scream, yell, and squawk. They are just plain mean. When we beat them in Death Valley this year, they'll bite our bleeping heads off. The LSU fans cried when number four TJ caught the winning screen pass in 2012 in Death Valley that broke their pride. Lord, please find LSU a vaccination in the form of a pill or shot because LSU and Auburn were once so sweet and cozy. Now they call our podcast fighting like Trump and Pelosi. All right, I'll get out of here, Stephen. Y'all have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll catch you Monday if you're here. Y'all be safe. Bye-bye. Be good there, Wagon. John Ivory, write that poem by Wagon right now. And that's like a, uh, a 50 out of, uh, out of 10. 50 out of 10? 50 out of 10. 50 out of 10. Then we appreciate Wagon for the call. And you can get in on this too, people. 205-448-1358. Call lines, phone lines open. 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in too. Let your voice be heard here on the show, but interesting topic here, people. David Ballou and Dr. Matt Ray, the sports performance team that Alabama has hired from Indiana, these two are not messing around. And uh, I got a chance to talk to a good friend of mine, a very close source of mine. This this guy, this guy doesn't miss at all. And uh, guy told me that, you know, one of his friends who owns a gym in Mobile, he was working out the other day and uh, a young man came into his gym the young man was demoy kennedy five-star you know linebacker four five uh, four linebacker for alabama who came into this 2020 signing class so kennedy was working out with my buddy's uh good friend down there in mobile and uh, he was doing the workouts that coach blue sent him and uh kennedy said out of his own mouth Dave Ballou and Matt Ray are the real deal. Like, this is unique. This is different. Like, they know what they're talking about. And according to my friend here, Scott Cochran had the cookie-cutter approach. Everybody did the same thing. Every workout was for everybody, right? This is completely different for these two. They are putting together tailor-made custom workouts. Tailor-made custom. Not every position group, not every player has the same workout. This is not a drill. This is for real. So the quarterback workout is not the same as the offensive line workout. The running back workout is not the same as the wide receiver workout. It's not, the tight end workout is different from the rest of the offense perspective. Defensively, it's the same thing. Defensive linemen, linebackers, defensive backs, no position group has the same workout. Each station is tangled to specific bones, joints, ligaments, tendons, they're really doing something. We pick up our next caller, though, in the queue on a Friday. What's going on? You're on in my own words. Hey, Stephen. What's going on? Man, I cannot complain, man. It is Friday. It is Memorial Day weekend. Huge shout-out to our veterans. They do an outstanding job fighting for this country. But I'm on the show, man, talking to Bama fans. What's going on? Great. Listen, my name, my name is Luis Garces. I'm calling from Medellin, Colombia, down here in South America. I uh, just want to give a thumbs up to your show, man. I've been hooked on your show for the past couple of months. Uh, you're doing a great job. A lot of fans down here, bro. So uh, you're doing a great job, doing a great work. Appreciate what you're doing. 
a lot of Bama fans down here. And uh, just watching your show, man, just enjoying and grilling a couple of dogs here and having a couple of beers and whatnot. having a good time. That, that's awesome, man. I mean, so, so I mean, how are you feeling about this upcoming season with Bama, man? How are you feeling about it? I'm feeling great. I'm, uh, I'm confident. Uh, I think we're putting a great team together. Uh, hopefully everybody stays healthy. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm confident. You know, it's just a matter of keeping everybody healthy, but I'm uh, very positive about it. And, again, man, down here, I'm, again, I, maybe you missed uh, where I'm calling from. I'm calling from Medellin, Colombia, down in South America. Like, you're becoming really popular down here, brother. That's all I got to say. Man. Your show is really picking up. Why don't you start getting international calls, man, because you're doing a great job. That's well, man, we appreciate say. it, and you keep listening to us, okay? Absolutely, brother. Have a, have a day, good man. one, man. Appreciate the call. They're coming from Columbia, from uh, South America there. So we're uh, we're going international, John. Hey, we're international, man. We're <laughs> we international, bro. So continue, continue with the thought here before we go to our next break here on Baloo and Ray. Uh, these two are not messing around. As I've said, they're putting together tailor-made workouts. And these workouts hit the specific bones, joints, tendons, ligaments of each player. And uh, it's just like when you want to have that perfect pair of tailor-made jeans that fits you and that cuff your body and hug your body correctly or that perfect tailor-made shirt, that's what Blue and Ray are doing in terms of the conditioning, the speed training, the strength training of Alabama football. They're getting this stuff down to the exact science. They're getting it down tailor-made. Dr. Ray is trying to have these players faster than the speed of light. It is incredible. But we take another break here on the show. Don't touch that down, folks. When we get back, we'll touch on Alabama's 2016 defense, 2016 team. Was this the greatest group of players Nick Saban has ever assembled with no ring? We'll talk about it after this. want delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi, check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. We are back popping with the conversation, folks, on the best form of Crimson Tide football content. Content. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Once again, the number, folks, is the call lines open, 205-448-1358, 205-448-1358. But now, the conversation we've all been waiting for. Alabama's 2018 def- 2016, excuse me, defense. Alabama's 2016 football team. Was this the greatest team Nick Saban has ever assembled with no national championship? And uh, th- th- this one right here, 
I partially blame myself because I should have been, I was supposed to have been at the 2017 National Championship game off the 16th season. I ended up having car issues, could not make it down there for TDA, and I was watching the game at a friend's house. We all saw the highs and the lows of, of what happened, but it is what it is. Still, though, partially blame myself, just, just due to... Alabama's had some great teams of the Nick Saban era. It's had some great national championship teams. 2009 was a great team. 2011 was a great team. 2012 was solid. 2015 was dynamic. 2017 was even good. But that 2016 team, it just hit different. It was a unique bunch. It was an incredible cast of characters. It is rare when you have a team especially a defense when everybody knows their role and everybody executed their role to perfection. Everybody on that defense knew their role and everybody on that defense executed that role to perfection. I mean, if you're seeing the slide here, they're about to show on screen. I mean, I mean, my goodness, of these players that are coming up, my goodness, the creatures Alabama had when you talk Jonathan Allen, Reuben Foster, Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson, Dalvin Tomlinson, Deron Payne, Minka Fitzpatrick. Dear God, the creatures Alabama had on that football team. I mean, all that was missing was Eddie Jackson and Sean Dion Hamilton. And I'll get into that in a minute as my reasons as to why this team should have won a ring and did not win one. But the creatures on that team, unbelievable. And I went to every game except one. I was on the road for every game except one. And that 2016 team, that was like going on tour with the Jackson 5, for real. That 2016 team was the equivalent of watching Bon Jovi, U2, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, ACDC in their prime. That 2016 team, and it was opposition couldn't stop them. The ops could not stop that team. That defense was so good, the defense was scoring just as much as the offense was scoring. In at least nine games, in nine of 15 games, the defense registered touchdowns. In nine of 15. I, I, I just personally remember... The USC game, Marlon Humphrey picked six. The Western, the Western Kentucky game, Eddie Jackson picked six. The Ole Miss game, you had Deron Payne recovering a fumble for a touchdown. And then also, big boy Jonathan Allen recovers a Chad Kelly fumble and rumbles and bumbles 75 yards to the house. And then, you know, the Tennessee game was a pick six for... Ronnie Harrison, the Kentucky game, Ronnie Harrison scored. The Arkansas game, my goodness, I felt so bad for Austin Allen. He got picked off three times by Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, served him a three-piece to the dome with no fries and no drink and took a pick six back 100 yards for a touchdown. And then Tim Williams scored against Arkansas. The Florida game, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick scored in the SEC Championship. Uh, the college football playoff Chick-fil-A game, uh, Ryan Anderson, the angry man, picked off 
Jake Brown and score. I mean, it was pick your poison. Whoever wanted to score on that defense, they all scored. And according to the slide, you're about to see right now, Alabama's defense 2016 just dominated. Led college football in points per game allowed 13. Was second in college football in yards per game allowed 261.8. Led the league in rush yards allowed 64. Was ninth in college football in passer rating and giving up a pass efficiency rating of 106.5. Was third in college football in turnover margin plus 18. I mean, was third in uh, third down efficiency defense, 30.7%. Was first in touchdown scoring 11. Was first in sacks with 54. This defense was all over the field, people. All over the field. Can't. Can't touch that defense. All over the field. And then when you look at just the guys that got drafted off that defense, Alabama five first-rounders. Jonathan Allen went in the first round. Deron Payne first round. Reuben Foster first round. Minka Fitzpatrick first round. Marlon Humphrey first round. It had 21 players off that team that got drafted. 21! And uh, I'm about to dive into that. The painful reason why Alabama did not win a ring with that football team. So, reason number one, people, if only if only Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin would have just squashed the beef and settled their differences. I, 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 you, you can respect somebody without liking them. Nick Saban respected Lane Kiffin, didn't like him. Lane Kiffin respected Nick Saban, didn't like him. Nick Saban was one of those coaches that he would throw the headset at you. He would throw the clipboard down. He would get in your face. He would give you the famous, infamous butt chewings, and he would want you just to sit there and take it. Lane Kiffin, I'm sorry, was not that type of cat. He was not going to sit there and take it. He was a free spirit. He was his own guy. He would pop the mouth off back at Nick Saban. He would throw gestures at Nick Saban. And I guess that's the, the reason why fans loved Kiffin was Kiffin wasn't taking no mess. But if these two would have set aside their differences for the betterment of the team, the betterment of the defense, and most importantly, the betterment of Jalen Hurts, that team would have won a championship because I don't care how many people say, well, Steve Sarkeesian was in was, was a part of that program, well, Steve Sarkeesian was breaking down film, or Steve Sarkeesian was putting strategies together, Sarkeesian knew what to do. Sarkeesian was a premature baby in that moment, y'all. People, Sarkeesian was not supposed to be out there. Sarkeesian got on that field and it was, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. He wasn't ready. Sark wasn't ready. He was still mentally getting over the pain, the physical, mental, emotional pain that he went through being fired, at Wisconsin, being fired from Washington, being fired from USC because of alcohol and drugs. When he got to Alabama in, what, 2016, it was Sark's first time actually breathing a sigh of fresh air and trying to get back into just enjoying football. He wasn't ready for that moment. You saw it when Bo Scarborough went down, Sark became a deer in headlights. Brother wasn't ready, man. And for Kiffin, if this was Kiffin in that situation, he would have had a backup plan. He would have had a plan B. He would have had a solution. But it is what it is. They couldn't get over the beef. Uh, second reason as to why, you know, Alabama did not get that ring in 2016, if Bo Scarborough did not get hurt. 
Bo was killing Clemson. All Alabama was running that first half was stretch play to the right, stretch play to the left, dive play up the middle. Bo was getting chunk yards. I mean, man, but and and, and Bo Bo didn't have no Bo didn't have no hurdle. He didn't have no jump cut. He didn't have no spin move. He had one speed, just run through every freaking body, just plow through every freaking body. That was Bo. And he did that. And Alabama jumped out to a 14-0 lead. And fans are going, oh, man, this is, this is going to be light work. Oh, man, Bo came to play. Oh, man, this ain't going to be nothing. We're going to run through Clemson. That's what Bama fans were thinking about. We're going to run through Clemson. And then Bo gets hurt. And all the air goes out of the sail. I mean, for me, I'm wondering, why was, not, why was Damian Harris not used? <laughs> I mean, he was only just a 1,000-yard back. Why was Josh Jacobs not used? I mean, all he did that freshman year was pick up 567 yards rushing on 85 carries and what five darn touchdowns. Why was Josh Jacobs not used? I don't know. Why did Alabama not get the ball more to O.J. Howard? I mean, he only burned the Clemson Tigers in the, in the first national championship showdown. Why was Alabama not throwing the ball more to Darius Stewart? Why was Alabama not utilizing Garrick Dieter more? I mean, come on. I don't know what the issue was. I don't know what the problem was. I mean, that day I was just drinking some cream soda with my boy El Boogie. I was probably needing to drink some Heineken because that right there, man, man. So, Bo Scarborough, if he didn't get hurt, it would have been a different story. Last but not least, if Bama would have had... Sean Dion Hamilton and Eddie Jackson. Sean Dion Hamilton and Eddie Jackson. Sean Dion got hurt, hurt his knee against Florida in the SEC title game that year. Eddie Jackson grew some leg injury against Texas A&M during the regular season. If we would have had both of those guys, if we would have had just one of them, if Bam would have had just one of them, Bama would have beaten Clemson. If Bama would have had just one of them, because if Bama would have had Eddie Jackson, it would have put Minka Fitzpatrick on Hunter Renfro. That would have been a much better matchup. No offense to Tony Brown. No offense to TB. No offense to the intimidating silverback gorilla. But his role was the intimidation factor. He took off his shirt, and he would walk through opposing teams' uh, practices, warm-ups, trying to intimidate folks. That was Tony Brown. He was not the pure coverage defensive back taking on a crafty route runner in Hunter Renfro. If Bama would have had Sean Dion. Eddie Jackson, or at least one of the two, it would have been a completely different outcome. But that team was incredible, y'all. That, that team was unbelievably incredible. And I got a chance to watch every single game. I was at every single game except one. Every game except one. But it was it, it, it was awesome. That And I know the 2011 team is going to hate me for saying this because I love the 2011 team. But the 2016 team, bar none, period, the best defensive team Coach Saban ever assembled, period. And probably one of the best defenses in Alabama football history. But we take another break here on In My Own Words. Don't touch that dial, folks. When we get back as I catch my breath, 
We will dive back into more of your phone calls, tweets, text messages, thoughts, questions, and concerns after this. menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. All right, Bama fans, back in from the break. It is your time once again, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard. Phone lines open, been open since 6 p.m., 205-448-1358 to get your opinion on the show. And we go to the call line queue right now. You're inside in my own words. What's going on tonight? Yeah, hey, Steven. Hey, how you doing? Man, I cannot complain, man. It's Memorial Day weekend. Big shout out to our veterans fighting for this great country. How are you? Outstanding, man. Hey, I was, I was, uh, see if you heard anything, uh, about Bama offering this kid out of El Paso, uh, Tavares Jones this week. He's uh, out of the class of 2020. And what you know about him, he's a hell of an athlete, but I wasn't sure if you knew how they, what they're actually recruiting him as. I have I haven't seen anything on Alabama going after him as of just yet now more so than me I believe our scouting and recruiting analyst Justin Smith who is on the ground covering uh, all things recruiting I be- I definitely believe he would know I just have not seen it but if if Alabama is going after the young man Justin Smith our, our recruiting guy definitely would know Okay all right well I appreciate it man I, I appreciate the time Absolutely, man. Keep listening to us. Enjoy your weekend. Good good call there trying to figure out young man from El Paso, Texas, Alabama, trying to recruit of that 2020 class. We we will definitely get that to Justin to see if he has the information on that. But another topic here, folks. I I did a poll the other day. Did an interesting poll on the the, uh, In My Own Words Twitter account. And the poll was... You know, which Alabama player would be the offensive MVP in the upcoming season? And I believe the answer choices I put down was Mac Jones, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, and Najee Harris. And I believe the winner of this poll, with 39% of the vote, happened to be Jalen Waddell. Was it 39% of the vote, John? Okay, 37% of the vote was Jalen Waddell to be... Alabama's offensive MVP according to the poll that you guys graciously took part in and we appreciate that on the In My Own Words TDA Twitter account and uh, Jalen Waddle has the potential to be the the offensive MVP I I really like Waddle now as opposed to what our caller on Wednesday Jay Wells out of Louisiana thought about 
You know, we don't respect Waddle. He ain't no big-time receiver or nothing like that. But uh, I remember a Jalen Waddle that as a freshman had 848 receiving yards. I remember a Jalen Waddle as a sophomore who had 560 receiving yards. I remember a Jalen Waddle that can do some big-time things. We got another caller here in the queue. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, why don't you talk about all of the players that Alabama keep getting hurt I, I can honestly say that I feel Alabama lost two national championships because of injuries. So I'm true. so excited in this. Yeah, true. true. Most definitely two, you know. I mean, okay, so Alabama 20, 2017, 2016, it lost Eddie Jackson and Sean Deion Hamilton. That hurt. The, the 20... Uh, the twenty fit the twenty seventeen team that ended up winning the national championship had injuries as well. So 16, 16 injuries hurt it. Uh, the twenty fourteen team had some injuries that hurt. The twenty thirteen team had a couple. So and and this is the reason why Coach Saban has went on the route he's went on is as much as he appreciates and he values Scott Cochran and he does, he can't help but to notice how. Our guys are having ligaments stretched too thin, tendons pop, knees injured, feet injured, legs injured. We got to get to the bottom of that situation. So as much as he enjoyed Cochran, he respected Cochran, Saban also knew we got to put an end to or we got to decrease these injuries. And the best way to decrease that, we got to take a more side, we got to take a better approach to this thing. Even with Tua, I just feel like you know, I wasn't in the training room, but the injuries that he sustained, it was like one after another. And if True. he kept Tua healthy in this last season, I guarantee you they would have been playing for the National uh, College Football Championship. But well, it's not, just even yeah. that, just trying to keep our quarterback healthy, it, it's just really just it's, it's discouraging. And, and, and not only just that, you got to think about this. If Tua would have stayed healthy in 2018, uh, we're looking at an Alabama team that, you know, beats Clemson in that championship matchup. Most definitely. Most definitely. So, uh, and, and like I said, that, that goes back to as much as, Co- as much as Cochran did here, and he did a lot, and I'm not saying he didn't do a lot. It's Coach Saban has the hindsight, but 2020 hindsight to understand. The game is changing all around me. And part of the game that's changing is the conditioning, the training, the fitness part of the game. And we have to get people in here that understand that and can take it to a direct science. And this is the reason why I'm excited for the team of Blue and Ray because this is not some cookie-cutter deal. Like, they are tailor-making workouts to fit every single player. No workout is not the same. So they're directing the needs of every guy at every different position. And, Steven, I want you to do me one more favor before I get off the line with you. I want you to do a show with all of the four- and five-star players that came to Alabama, then left in the transfer quarter. I would love to see what happened to these players, where they're at now, if they're getting drafted in the pros. Because the Alabama is the elite program. So I, I never understood why you would get accepted by an elite program, going to a transfer portal, and then we never hear from you again. So I would love for you to do a show on that. You know what, John? Put that on the poll, John. For, Mon- uh, for Monday's show, we're doing all the guys from Alabama that went in the transfer portal and we're tracking what they did. 
We are gonna we are gonna take that idea, sir. We appreciate that. Keep no listening problem. to the show, man. I appreciate man. you. All right then. Peace. Definitely gonna have that idea there on the paper. Uh guys that left the University of Alabama went in the transfer portal tracking down what they did what they accomplished, if they accomplished anything. So definitely putting that there on the docket for Monday. But right, continuing the topic here of the poll idea. Yeah, I remember Jalen Waddle that had 848 receiving yards as a freshman and was the uh, SEC freshman of the year. I remember Jalen Waddle that in, 20, in last year had 560 receiving yards, big-time production. So coach so mac jones is already building the chemistry or already has the chemistry with him and this is somebody that can be or that is electrifying in returning kicks should have a whole lot more kick return touchdowns than what he has right now but unfortunately those blocking the backs alabama gotta get better than gotta get better with that should have a whole lot more punt return touchdowns but those blocking the backs again gotta get better with that but Appreciate you guys for checking out that poll of offensive MVP for Alabama this season. We also have a poll on the touchdown on the uh, at, on the uh, at, in my own words Twitter side, the defensive MVP. So go ahead and get your vote on on the defensive MVP in terms of the Crimson Tide. But we take another break here on the show. When we get back, we dive into one Shane Lee. How effective can he be in the upcoming season at linebacker? We'll touch it down after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown alabama.com today and roll tide all right folks in my own words with yours truly stephen smith of touchdown alabama magazine hottest show on the streets back in here from the break and we get into one shane lee the sophomore linebacker for the crimson tie out of the maryland area this past season he had a good year the the four star 86 tackles on the season, second on the team behind Xavier McKinney. He was first among SEC freshman defenders. Six and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, three quarterback hurries, two forced fumbles, and one interception lead through those 13 games in 2019. This was somebody that was named a freshman All-American, according to Football Writers Association of America and ESPN. He was also named to the freshman the all the freshman all SEC team, excuse me, by the league's coaches. So, if you look at things just from uh, the statistical realm, uh, Shane Lee had a great year. 
He had a big year. He filled out the stat sheet. He did what he was supposed to do. And mentally, he has what it takes to be an all-SEC, a first-team all-SEC caliber player. Coach Saban refers to him as a very conscientious guy. He wants to do the right thing. He's all about doing the right thing. And that's what you want. But the issue for Lee this past season and uh, the reason why some people sort of trying to write him off at that linebacker spot is not having the speed that he needs to have. And the young man at six feet, 246 pounds, he, uh, he, he's cut up. He, he's got, I mean, he's swole now, big dude, but he carried some, uh, he carried some unnecessary weight into last year. And uh, a lot of that weight led to him not being as fast as he needed to be, especially when you're taking on athletic quarterbacks like John Rice Plumley of Ole Miss, Bo Nix of Auburn, you know, players like Kellen Mond of Texas A&M. When you're taking on athletic, mobile quarterbacks, guys that can get around the end, that can attack the perimeter, that can juke you out your shoes, that, that can put on the afterburners, and you don't have the speed to take away their angle, to cut them off, to run them out of bounds, to limit their type of rushing production. Not a good thing there. And also, when you don't have the speed to avoid oncoming offensive linemen that try to block you or shield you out of the play, that's not you know what you want to have happen there. So for Lee... He is in the works of trying to get his weight down, trying to drop some weight to get his footwork there, get his speed there, get his burst there. Now, as you're watching this video here on screen, he's been working out during this time of quarantine, whether it's working out with friends, uh, working out in the pool, doing some running, doing some weight lifting. He's trying to cut down on a lot of that added weight, cut down that body fat, keep the muscle, keep the muscle, but cut down. The body fat. And the reason why I bring this up is for you got you have some Bama linebackers in the Nick Saban era that were able to have that weight fully proportioned at middle linebacker. When you look at guys like CJ Mosley, Rashawn Evans, Reuben Foster, Mac Wilson, and Dylan Moses, these are the guys I'm referring to. For a lot of the taller guys, CJ Mosley, who was 6'2, Rashawn Evans, who was 6'3, Mac Wilson, who was 6'2. Dylan Moses, 6'3", they were able to better proportion that weight, right? C.J. Mosley, 232 pounds. Was able to fly around sideline to sideline, lateral quickness, stop the angle, get to the perimeter, make plays, eat up the field, tear the field up because he had that quickness. He had that initial burst. He had, you know, the weight that you know he was able to cut on a dime, pivot on a dime, stop on a dime, read, react, dissect, get to the play. He was able to do that. The same thing with... Rashawn Evans at 234 pounds. The same thing with Mac Wilson at 239 pounds. And Dylan Moses at 235, able to have that properly distributed weight throughout the body. Now, for Reuben Foster, Reuben played at the same height as Shane Lee at six feet. The difference, Reuben was flying around the field, taking people's heads off, decapitating folks, shutting folks down at 228 pounds. So, if... Lee can drop about 10 to 15 pounds. If he can get down to between 230 to or to between 230 to 235 
with his high at six feet, don't write this young man off. If he can get between 230 and 235, don't write this young man off. Because, like I said, he's got the intellect. He's got the mindset. He knows where to go. He knows how to attack the play. He knows how to get to the play mentally. But it's now his body and his feet going at the same process as his mind. And that's what he's working on right now. And that's the biggest thing of having David Ballou and Dr. Ray in here as well. You know, Coach Ray trying to get these people faster than the speed of light. He put up a graphic on Thursday about how if he's got these players on this win, on these win resistant sprints here, and they're doing this in a two week fashion, four week fashion, six week fashion, eight week fashion, but they're doing this at 5% over speed, 10% over speed, 15%, 20, 25%. You get the picture here. Dr. Ray wants these players to have that feeling of when they build up that speed at the highest capacity, when you start running, when you start flying, he wants you to feel it. When you hit that gear and you know you hit that gear and it's like running on air, he wants it to have that effect to where people can't slow you down, people can't track you, people can't put their hands on you. You are flying into the play. You are flying down the field. You are flying to to make that contact. Now, of course, you want to have that balance to where when you're flying in, you know what you're hitting. You're keeping your head on the swivel. On a swivel, You're keeping your eyes up because you definitely want to know what you are hitting. But at the same time, Coach Ray wants you flying in there, you know, making that play, hitting that speed gear that he wants you to have. So right now, he and, uh, you know, Coach Ballou, in terms of the strength and the flexibility training, trying to get Shane Lee down to between 230 and 235 pounds because, like I said, this past season, the numbers were there. He, he, he had the numbers. He had the statistics. He had the productivity. And, and this was one of uh, the nation's top inside linebacker prospects when he came to the Crimson Tide in the 2019 class. So the potential for Lee is there to be effective an inside linebacker, middle linebacker. The mind is there. He's just got to get the body fat down, keep the muscle, and then enhance his legs, enhance his feet, enhance that speed. Dave Blue, Dr. Ray can get that done for him. Lee is going to be something to deal with. He ain't going to be no joke. Going to be really excited to see what he does in the upcoming season. Don't overlook Shane Lee. But – Folks, as always, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your Alabama Crimson Tide. Well, this is simple and easy to do. You do this by downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app, and you get this from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store if you just so happen to have the Android phone. For those podcast options, we got you covered. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or 
iHeartRadio. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Monday continuing the conversation that is Crimson Tide football. But until next time, folks, husbands, appreciate, value, love those wives. Wives, value those husbands. Children, continue to find those ways legitimately now to not be bored. Get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Be good to those veterans. Until next time, folks, it's been in my own words.